this morning. I do have a lot of scripture for you, and you're going to help me read the scripture because everyone knows about time. Jose, you can't read. It's okay. I have an Oklahoma education. All right. Anyone from Oklahoma? Yep, yep. All right. You know how it is then, right? You know my struggle, and you know the pain I'm going through, and plus I'm fighting off getting glasses. I told my wife, I can't get glasses. You know, it's going to put me down like from a fourth to two. All right. So spiritual health is what we're talking about um, this morning. Just for a brief moment, it is spring break. You have finally made it. Thank the Lord, right? And praise the Lord that you get to study over spring break. How many of you have assignments over spring break? Ooh, I feel you. I'm praying for you. How many of you will not do them until like Sunday? Yep. May God's grace be with you. May his blessing be with you on that. How many of you have research papers due over spring break? Oh, extra prayer for her. Okay. How many of you will just be watching Netflix and binge watching all week? Anybody? All right. Let's be real. If you're on a diet, don't go on a diet during spring break. That's the only week you have grace. You can like splurge on powdered donuts, ding-dongs, all that stuff. And you're not going to get judged in here. So let's go to our first slide. Spring break. It is finally spring break. Who feels like this? Anyone feel like that? Who likes SpongeBob? Anyone like SpongeBob? Yeah, yeah, I like SpongeBob. I grew up on SpongeBob. I do feel like that. Now we're going to go through some pictures, and I'm sorry. They're going to be a little deep, and they may cut you. Let's go to our next slide. Who wants to read this out loud? Who wants to read this for me? Anyone want to read it? I'm going to have to move it. So, how's your life going? Realizes he doesn't have a life. <laughs> Realizes he doesn't have a life. I feel like that's me. Anyone feel like that right now? Yeah? Y'all have a life? Good. I'm glad I'm not in that crowd. So, how's your life going? Realizes he doesn't have a life. It's okay if you're in that same club. What about this next one? So how's your life? I have no idea. Who feels like that? Anybody? You don't have to raise your hand, but I have no idea because you're at the season. And if you're seniors in here, any seniors in here? Okay. Let me tell you. I feel for you because if you have never had more attention in your life than you do now as far as questions going, don't you feel like people are asking you questions about, hey, I have no idea. Stop asking me. Or you've already made up a question that looks good and sounds good to others, don't you? What are you doing after you graduate? Well, thank you for asking. I've got this going on. I'm going to buy this outfit, go work here, earn this much money. You're basically lying to them. They don't know that you're lying to them. What about this next slide? I want, I want someone else to read that. Who has good eyesight? Who can read it over here? Let's see. I'm blind. I'm blind. Paige, you got it? Over here? All right. Read it loud and proud. How's life going? Not very good at it, but it doesn't matter. I like to give her a round of applause. That was a good. It doesn't matter. You know, so many of these pictures I can relate. I so relate to some of these, but I think this is more true right now for many of you right now. Let's go to the next screen. Let's see. When someone asks you how you're doing the week before spring break, any of you in here, you're like, Yes, I'm doing so great right now. I, I love my assignments. I love what I'm doing. I love getting four hours of sleep at night. It's hard. I, I feel you on that. This is probably my favorite one. 
No, when everyone right now, this is fine, right? See, so many of these pictures I've shown you, yes, they're very humorous, you know. I don't like the one that says realizing he doesn't have a life because I was like, I feel like that's me, you know. I'm like, goodness, I'm picking on myself. I am probably that guy. I am probably how's life going. I have no idea. Uh, that one's so me right now. Anyone, anyone with me? That one's so me. But the reality is we have to check our spiritual health. They're humorous. These are great, but some of them are way too honest. And you're like, yeah, I'm that, 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 and that. And there's way more if I could tell you. You've, you've been going constantly, going, go, go, go to athletics, productions, homework, and you've been looking forward for spring break. But you, you are traveling still during spring break, and you have weariness and upsets and fatigue coming into spring break, you're going to come back even more tired from spring break from travel. Some of you are going to be exhausted even coming back. When is the last time you and Jesus talked? When is the last time you checked your relationship with God? How, how, how are you doing? How is that? When's the last time you spent time with your Savior, sat in his presence saying, Lord, here's my baggage, here's my worries and fears, my anxieties. I feel like I have to have it all put together for people asking these questions. Like the seniors, what are you doing after you graduate? That's a tough one. That's a tough one because you're forced to please people by answers. And some of you already have plans, praise the Lord. But there are a majority of seniors who simply do not know. And every time they get that question, it hurts them because they don't know. They have a big question mark and they're in this spot. I have no idea. I want you warriors to just support your seniors and love on them. Say, you know what, it's okay you don't have it put together, but the Lord knows the plans. He'll establish your ways if we continue trusting in him. So let's move on to the spiritual checklist. A spiritual checklist. Things we are doing for God. Reading my Bible, praying every day, going to church, staying away from sin. Right? But do these principles, disciplines, tell the depth of your walk with Christ? If you're like me, many times I read my Bible and I forget what I read. Or if I'm reading it, something pops in my mind. Or if I'm listening to music, I get distracted. I get distracted for like the first 10 seconds. And my phone goes off and I start checking emails. I'm like, oh, goodness, I'm just going to stop now. I, I didn't learn nothing. And I feel guilty and I feel shameful. And I feel like it doesn't matter. I feel like it just, I'm going downhill. When you look at these practices, reading my Bible, you know, when's the last time you opened your word? I have to ask yourself, are you, I want us to check, check your inventory. You're constantly go, 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 go. And when you stop, you realize, whoa, I'm so low right now. And then people around you are noticing, well, why is he or she more angry? Why, is there fits, why are there fits of rage or anger? Why is she or he more anxious? Why have they become isolated? Why have they suppressed, avoided conversations, difficult conversations? Be on the lookout for your friends. People are struggling right now with these fears. Praying. Going to church. Oftentimes as a Christian... If I read my Bible every day, go to church, stay away from sin, I gauge my relationship with Christ based on those principles. And as a matter of fact, you have a good 
principle practicing, developing skills. You have a good habit of practicing those skills, and yet you are so far from God. Because you think the more I read, the more I do for God, it will make you look good in front of others. And we, we disguise ourselves with our best foot forward, the better than average effect. Well, I'm better than so-and-so. Well, I go to church every Sunday. Well, I read six chapters in the morning. I pray. And you act like your relationship with God is performance-based, performance-driven. And we realize God already unconditionally loves you because of the cross. We realize that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for you. We realize it's not about the performance and how much scripture you'll memorize. And let me just say, all of these principles ought to be in the overflow of my love for Christ and overflow. A few weeks ago, you heard me talk about Warren Buffett, um, the compound effect, compound interest. That's a philosophy I live by, and I encourage you to do it. So what it basically says, if you're uh, in investing, just start off small, but it's not about how much you do. I would rather have you, Levi, stick to one scripture these next three weeks than 20 chapters. You know, Zach, I'd, I would rather have you spend a couple minutes in the morning with your Lord and couple minutes as you walk to class, then weeks and weeks of just simply saying, dear Lord, just the superficial stuff. It's about the depth. What are you doing for depth? Because when you're planting for depth, windy seasons of fatigueness, weariness, anxiety, and depression arise, you're more able to handle them and navigate them. Not that they're not going to be existing still, but they're not going to blow you away so easy. And it doesn't change you. So Christian, if you see yourself as righteous because you, you memorize more scripture, you go to church every Sunday, you're staying away from sin. If you think that makes you better than your neighbor, that's righteousness of yourself, that is pride of the flesh. If you're comparing yourself to others, well, I'm a better Christian. Compare yourself to Christ, the only holy one. He's our master. He's our savior. If I walk around like I'm better than you or so-and-so is better than you, we're nothing. I offer you nothing. It's the scripture that's, that's living and active. So a spiritual condition. Let's say we're not reading our Bible. I often think about my family, okay? My sisters, I've been telling you about my family. I have a twin sister, Yolanda. My little sister, Kiki or Kika. We grew up in church together, and we were in church all the time. And I visit them now. Um, they're not in church. Um, you know, I, I love my sisters to death. I love them, and I'm not going to go into their house. When's the last time you read your Bible? Why aren't you going to church? Who are you dating? It ruins the atmosphere. I'm going to love on my sisters. Hey, with, with my new niece, hey, have you considered going to church? I think it would be great to plug into a church to love on you. God still loves you. You know, as, as Christians, we almost turn each other off. Does that make sense? Like, oh, I don't want to be a Christian because of him or her. I want us to reconsider my own inventory. Where am I at with Christ? Where am I at with God? Because we can fool a lot of people, but we cannot fool our Savior. I want to go to another quote by James Smith. The number one enemy of the Christian is spiritual. Of the Christian spiritual formation is exhaustion. The number one enemy of Christian spiritual formation is Today is exhaustion. Even in, in church life, church life, we're about to get ready for Easter. 
a lot of activities, then you see it may we coast. What I'm asking you is reconsider is slow and steady, bit by bit. Don't take large chunks at a time and think, because I do this, it makes me feel better. You and your Savior, you abide in him. You spend time with your Lord because we all, we're all carrying something at this moment. Whether you're just tired, it didn't work out like you planned. This week has been the worst week ever. We have to realize exhaustion is a key. It's creating ourselves to, when we're exhausted, we, we set ourselves up for emotional explosions. Says, when's the last time you had a, a temper tantrum? That was yesterday. When's the last time you got angry at somebody? We're all building something on the side, and the point of least resistance, it's going to explode. Explode. Who's, who's dating right now? Anyone have a relationship? Yeah? Okay. I won't pick on you, Zach, but I may. Should I pick on Zach? I won't pick on Zach. Last time you've had a relationship and you had an argument, you generally trigger somebody, and you don't listen to them, and you answer their, and your communication, you do, you respond, if she responds emotionally, you'll, you'll respond factual. You miss each other in that communication, but Caleb, if I respond to you emotionally, emotional, we communicate. We are on the same page. Many times, our emotions are so built up, and we throw our emotions on people, but also we throw our emotions, and we distort who God is. We distort our theology, our doctrine about how we feel. How we feel must, therefore, it must be how God is. And we, we throw our own personal view on God and avoid the scripture. But if we look closer at a picture, I think it's going to really hit us home. Who would like to read this one? I need someone on this side. Over here, over here. Nope, nope, nope. Who is it? How are finals going? What's your GPA? What are you doing after you graduate? I like that. Give Jason a round of applause. He didn't want to. He, he was a forced reader this morning. See, we mask ourselves up with a great Insta bio, a great outfits, a great smile. If I ask Levi, hey, how are you doing, Levi? He'll say, good. If I ask him how you're feeling, you don't know. But now let's go to a list. God is what? God is. How would you answer that? God is. Maybe God is controlling to you. God is fed up. God is distant. God is demanding. God is unfair. God is angry. Would that be some words you describe God? As I said earlier, we... we turn our emotions and our thoughts and the feelings, we put them on God and we distort God. Now, if you felt that about God, read the Psalms. They do that all the time. And I'm not saying if you felt this about God, it's normal, okay? But now let's go to a biblical view of who God is. And I'm going to ask you for some help. I've got a few scriptures. We still have some time. So God is love. God is love. Who wants to read 1 John 4, 16 for me? And I have more scriptures to read, so who'd like to read and volunteer 1 John 4, 16? We won't read all of them. We'll just select some. So just raise your hand. Who would like to read it? All right. And then as we're going over here, who'd like to read? Let's go 2 Corinthians 1, 3.
1 John 4.16, so we have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. Now, who has 2 Corinthians 1.3? All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He is the Father of mercies. Who would like to read Isaiah 63.1 and Isaiah 9.6? So Isaiah 63.1. Well, I'll pick somebody. Let's see, Isaiah 63.1. You can use your phone to find that. Isaiah 9.6. Two more, and we'll, I'll, I'll read the rest. Let's see. Glad you're here. I'll be able to move you later. Uh, who is this that cometh from Edom with dyed garments from Basra? This that is glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his strength. I that speak in righteousness, mighty to save. Thank you, sir. Who has Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6? You got me, thank you. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the governor will be on his shoulders, and will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Thank you. Thank you for reading. You see so many of the scriptures. I'll go to Revelation 19 because we have to realize, what does the Bible say who God is? And the Bible says that God is all of these above, and if that's who God is, and he can certainly carry us through our season of life right now. Let me go to Revelation 19. Marked. I need to mark that next time. So Revelation 19, 11. Then I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, the one sitting on it called Faithful and True. In righteousness, he judges and makes war. I'm going to go in Revelation 1, 8. I am the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord God, who is and was and who is to come, the Almighty. So God is, we see God is love. He is all-knowing. He is the Father of mercies. He is mighty to save. He is Prince of Peace, Isaiah 9, 6. He is faithful and true, Revelation 19, 11. He is for us, Romans eight thirty one. that says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He is our healer, Isaiah 53, 5. I'm going to go ahead and read Isaiah. I can't skip over Isaiah because it embeds the gospel. Isaiah 53. But he was wounded for our transgressions, and he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And by his stripes we are healed. He is rich in mercy in Ephesians 2.4. He is the promise keeper in Psalm 145.13. He is the Alpha and Omega in Revelation 1.8. These are who God is. And we often think God can't carry you, or God can't. Remember, our emotions distort who God is and what our baggage, what we carry. God can carry that. Have you asked him to carry that yet? I want to go to another quote. I like how she puts it. 
It takes our unrelenting awareness of our unhindered intention to do the next right thing after the next right thing after the next right thing. We do what we can and trust God to continue doing the rest. We do what we can and trust God to do the rest. God may be simply asking you, continue being faithful, continue being obedient to me, continue remaining in me, continue abiding in me. He's not asking you nothing that he won't equip you. He was called you as he's going to equip you. We have the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of us. We have the power, the authority of Christ to overcome what we're overcoming. We have this authority in Christ's name to fight our thoughts and take them captive, make them obey Christ. So would you say this morning, your spiritual health, are you full or empty? And do you think you're full because you practice and elevate disciplines higher than God? Are you deceiving yourself? Maybe you're like, Jose, I have no idea. I don't read my Bible. I don't pray. I don't do none of these things. Would you, during your spring break, open your word? Just start in the book of John. Would you talk to one of your friends during spring break about Christ? Who's all going home during spring break? Anyone going home? I want to challenge you to do this. When's the last time you shared what God is doing here in your heart at Sterling? Or do you know mom and dad's testimony? Do they know your testimony? Does your family know you're a Christian? I encourage you, have those conversations at home. And lastly, I want to share this verse. And you may all know it. It says, be still knowing that I am God. And I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth, being still and knowing that he is God, being still and knowing despite that you're a senior and you're not sure right now, being still and knowing despite you're going to travel and you really don't want to go travel on that team, but you're on the team and you need to go, being still despite that relationship you're unsure of, being still of applying for RA position, being still of your housing this summer, being still of ministry. I thank God he doesn't love you based on your performance. By grace through faith you're saved. It is a gift of God, not a result of work, so that no one may boast. Would you include God in those plans? Would you include him in your prayer life? Would you acknowledge God? God, I don't have it together. I have no idea what I'm doing. But here are the plans. I include you in my plans, God. I, I'm stopping putting Jesus' name in front of my plans because God told me so. Include God in your plans. Include him in your mind. Include him in your heart. Invite him in. Spiritual health. If anything, during spring break, just take time and spend with your Lord. Set in his presence in silence. Thanking God that he's leading you here. Thanking God that he's sustaining you. Thanking God that he's carrying you through. My last question, and I'll, I will close pretty soon. The Bible says that man is appointed to die and face judgment. The Bible says for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We have missed the mark. It's not my morality, my ethics, my last name, my good behavior, my cultural Christianity, my American Christianity. It's not whether I have my bank account. It's not my GPA. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death, a fan of a death. But the free gift of God is eternal life 
in Christ Jesus our Lord. The Bible says that my sin deserves hell, a separation from God, a literal place. The Bible talks about, it talks about the gnashing of the teeth. But the free gift of God is eternal life. That is glory, that's heaven. That's everlasting life. That's what we have to look forward to one day. The Bible also says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this while I was, while you were, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That means Christ came, born of a virgin, without sin, walked on this earth, perfectly obedient to the Father's will, knowing he would die, knowing he would be spit upon, mocked, beaten, carrying that cross to the place of the skull. His nails and his hands and his feet would be nailed to that cross. And he would cry out, Father, it is finished. And there was a divine exchange where the holy, loving wrath of God was poured upon the Son. And, and sin was paid for. It. it was atoned for. And the veil was torn. And Christ was buried. And he rose, he rose three days later in victory. So I serve a resurrected Savior. The Bible says that for all who call, call upon his name shall be saved. He's, he's not going to cast you away when you come to him. So all these pictures I showed you this morning. You come to Christ exactly like you are, exactly where you're at. Don't have it together. Simply fall down at your knees. Surrender that he is king of king and lord of lords. Give your heart to Christ this morning. It would be a great way to start off your spring break, confessing Christ as Savior and Lord and giving him your heart. If you want to do that, I want you to talk to one of your friends after chapel. I want you to have that conversation. Hey. I want to become a Christian. I want to start this journey of faith. I want to do it now. But also I want you to consider that God loves you right now in this moment in your thought life because of the cross. Christian, he loves you right now. It's not about performance. He loves you right now because of Christ. God is love. He is mercy. Takeaway, Christian, just give up. Follow his feet. He is the fountain of life. The person who does not believe in Christ. He's there. He's available. You come to receive this gift of eternal life. After I pray, we're going to have a time. You can come up. But if not, you will be dismissed. The QR code will be up. You can scan out in the back. But let me pray for you right quick. Uh, Father, I thank you for everyone here. I thank you. If anything this morning we heard who you are and your scripture doesn't come back, it's living and active. For the Christian, I pray, it brought refreshment. It nourished our soul. It reminded us, God, you are so carrying us through this season. You are there with us. You are our burden lifter. That we would just cast it upon you, the one who's still contemplating Christ, Father, I pray you draw them. I pray they would surrender to you. Father, I pray that you would bless everyone here. Bless our traveling, our teams going out, our missions going out, conversations that would be held. And I pray spring break is enjoyable and not a hassle. May your favor cover everyone here like a shield. In Jesus' name, amen.